When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. What up? What up? It's almost Super Bowl weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I got to travel this weekend. I'm going down to, I've got to be in Cleveland on Sunday and miss the Super Bowl or at least the first part of it. I figure I won't be back at home in Burlington until 9, 10 o'clock at night. And that's if the truckers don't shut down the goddamn border. Yeah. I hey. thought it, I thought of you yesterday. And last night I was watching all these tweets. The Ambassador Bridge is what they were on. And I'll be honest with you, like geographically, I wasn't sure like what bridge you should take or would take if you were, if you were, because I knew you were planning to go to the States slash are planning to go to the States. And I thought, oh shit, how's Scott going to feel if he can't get through? Well, you know, and we'll talk about the truckers in just a sec. And then we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other things. Um, but it's frustrating on a personal level for me because if you've been following along, I tried several times when the border was closed to get into the States. Mm-hmm. I actually did get in once. I got turned away another time. And I've been putting off all these trips that I have to do because I was waiting for a better time. Now I'm in a situation where my son is in his second year of NCAA lacrosse play in the States. There's a game in Cleveland, which is very drivable. It's four hours. I'd love to go and watch him play in person instead of having to watch it on TV. Yeah, can't blame me for that. Although I'll tell you, it's cool as shit to watch your own kid play on TV. That's cool too, sure. But you want to be there in the moment, of course. I do. I haven't seen him since Christmas, and I haven't seen him play in person since the pandemic began. So I want to go to this game, but I also don't want to get trapped in America. And I know if I get over the border, fine, I could fly back. But then my car is there, and this is a drivable thing. So... I'm hoping that it doesn't affect the Peace Bridge. Please, guys, don't affect the Peace Bridge. In fact, I'm going to go a step further. (laughs) I'm I'm just going to go a step further. Uh I think if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I agree with the truckers that it's time for the mandates to end, and I thought it was unfair how we treated them. In the same way that I thought it was unfair in how we treated unvaccinated healthcare workers, unvaccinated paramedics, unvaccinated police officers, I don't think anybody should have lost their job unless there was absolutely no way to offer them an alternative. We fired a lot of people that didn't need to be fired because we could have had them on a rapid testing program. By the way, we've got millions and millions and millions of rapid tests now. So that bothered me, and I supported the truckers on that. When they went to Ottawa, I really thought after the first weekend they made their point, and they should have just called it a day. But uh, they've got resolve, and they say they want to stay despite what the politicians and the police and the people of Ottawa say they wanted to stay. If you're going to protest the government, it does make sense to either protest at Parliament Hill or Queen's Park or wherever you're listening in Canada at your local legislature. Guys, you shutting down borders here, restricting traffic coming into Canada, I really feel like it's counterproductive. Yeah. 
I, I think that you're really going to lose the room on this one. The support is not going to be behind you when people go to grocery stores and actually see bare shelves and when they want their new car delivered. But we just know or we now know that Toyota is not going to be making cars for a week because they can't get parts in because they're stalled at the border. And whether that has to do mainly with what you're doing at the border, which it seems to be the case, and maybe that's also COVID related and and shortages and things like that. It doesn't matter. It looks bad on you. No matter what, you should know it looks bad on you. I saw a couple of really great interviews coming from this Ambassador Bridge situation yesterday, including a truck driver who had to go several hours out of his way to cross the border to bring food Mm -hmm. into Canada or or out of Canada. I believe it's into Canada, whatever it was. And he was he was pleading with with the truck driver saying, I'm one of you. Look, I'm one of you. I don't love the mandates, but people need their goods. And what you're doing now is not right. And I mean, I tend to agree with everything that you said. And there are some people, for whatever reason, which who heard us say, absolutely, good for you guys with the convoy. Two weeks ago, by the way, right before they were about to head to Ottawa, you have every right to peacefully protest as long as it remains peaceful, as long as it's nonviolent. Good for you. I don't like the, some of these mandates either. We've been open about that. But the amount of backlash that I received, I don't know if you got what I got um, in my DMs. How could you support these people calling them patriots? First of all, I never use the word patriots in a fucking sentence ever. So I know I never said that. So I never called anybody a patriot. Um, but that aside, you think what you want to think about that take. And I still stand by that. I think you have every right to peacefully protest. It seemed relatively peaceful aside from the odd flag that we saw. That's not okay. Uh, doing what they did to the monuments, not okay. But when it comes to what they're protesting and what they're doing right now, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's got to stop. It's got to come to an end eventually. And I hope it resolves peacefully and quickly. But you can't keep doing this. You can't do this now because now you're now you're fucking with people's livelihoods. And I'm not a fan of that at all. Yeah, I mean, the border one is the one that really uh, concerns me. Like I said, if you want to protest on Parliament Hill, that's where you should go and protest government measures. And and you truly feel that you're in the right here and that you I firmly believe you deserve to be heard. And I'm going to say what I said yesterday. The police are getting put in a really, really shitty position here. And they're being put there by the premier and the prime minister. They're going to dump all this on the local mayors and they're going to dump it on the local police, maybe some RCMP or OPP. And at some point, sooner or later, they're going to say, go in and clear the blockade. And that is a shitty situation to put those cops in when we all know that the easiest Solution, the path of least resistance to talk to these people who have convictions in their beliefs. I think you should meet with them. Doug, Justin, whether you do it yourself or you send somebody senior, talk to them, hear them out, and let's get this resolved as peacefully as we possibly can. We got to get the border open. We don't want an international spectacle with police all over the news in riot gear clubbing truckers and towing stuff away. It's going to look awful. I worry that's what's going to happen. Me too. I really do. And you know what? There's uh, there's so much potential for something like that to happen if the cops have to go in. And I don't think this is what they want to do either. I don't think they want this showdown. Not when there is a very peaceful solution available here. If you meet with them, they should go away. They should end the protest. If they don't, well, that's a different story. Then you can truly say you've tried everything. I think. 
I don't know what they have and haven't tried, but I know they haven't met with them. And that's what they want. They want to be heard. And to be honest with you, it seems now that because the protests have gone as far as they have, it's almost like Doug and Justin are really digging in their heels and they almost don't want to lift the mandate just to give them the satisfaction. And then we're back in this counterproductive scenario. I just don't understand why there can't be a diplomatic solution here. Uh, Doug, why don't you go and meet with them? Talk to the organizers and it doesn't need to be published. Leave the cameras, leave your press secretary, just you, maybe uh, Christine, maybe Carolyn Mulrooney, the transportation minister, Sit down with them, hear them out, hear their concerns. And I think it would be good for you to hear their concerns because they have been affected. But then it's time to move on. And part of the deal for that meeting should be that it ends after the meeting. And whatever you guys discuss, I don't think we need a big press release or or anything about it. Just have a heart-to-heart, one-on-one, Canadian-to-Canadian, and see what can get done here. But I really think that the thought of police with with riot gear and batons and rubber bullets trying to move these truckers, it's not going to go well. And particularly because the U.S. media has dived into this. Mm -hmm. They're fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. This is hourly coverage. They were, Sean Hannity's team had a live eye in Ottawa last night. Yeah. On Fox News. I saw a lot of that all over, all over social media as well, all over Twitter, every single news outlet and, and, in the States, it seems. Yeah. And frankly, if you guys go in there, guns a blazing, that's a, probably not the best way to say it, <laughs> but you know what I mean. If you guys go in there as, ah, the cavalry has arrived, we're going to clear the streets and restore law and order. I, uh, I, I don't think you guys are going to like what happens there. It's not a good look and it's going to rile up a major portion of the U.S. population. Easy solution? Just do what the public health experts are saying is it's time to rethink all of these public health measures. That's what Dr. Teresa Tam said. Diplomacy should have been the first thing you tried. You know, I mean, come on. And and as for the truckers, you're not helping yourselves here and you're really, really putting regular Canadians in a shitty spot here, whether it be because they need to shop at a grocery store for food or they bought a car and they can't get it because there's no parts for it or whatever the case may be. Cooler heads need to prevail here. And I really think it's time to de-escalate, not remove, de-escalate. And there's going to have to be compromise on both sides and it's going to have to be respectful on both sides, but there's got to be some diplomacy here. I'm happy to facilitate the meeting if you guys would like. I'll, I'll sit in the middle. Uh, good for you because I ain't volunteering. And, and I'll direct traffic. <laughs> but, you know, I am torn on this because at, at the beginning of this, I thought, well, here's a great cause. Here's people who, who believe in what they believe and they have been treated unfairly and they're standing up for all Canadians. But when it devolved into all kinds of other things and the message started getting misconstrued and there's attacks on the media. Uh, I'm sorry, but the message is being lost here and it's really time to rethink whether or not the freedom convoy should continue. And I'm going to respectfully suggest that it's time to end it guys. My opinion, I think it's time to end it. And, uh, and, and I know that the government could facilitate that very easily. It's just they want the they want two things that the government says are pretty much the only two things they don't want to do. They don't want to meet in person and they don't want to end the mandates. And that was the implication that we got yesterday from the health minister. Christine Elliott came out and did a news conference and was asked multiple times a fair question. 
hey, uh, Alberta dropped their mandates. Saskatchewan dropped theirs. Quebec is dropping most of theirs. California, New York, and the States, they just dropped theirs. Uh, Yesterday, Dr. Fauci in America said it's probably time to drop the mask mandate across America. And I don't even hear loud calls here to drop the mask mandate. As far as I know, the majority of it is just the vaccine mandate. That's right. The vaccine the, uh, passport certificate, whatever we call it. I just How many months later? And I still don't even know that I think can and should be dropped. And I it's funny. And I've changed my mind on a couple of things as we've learned more about, especially this wave of Omicron. And one of those was those healthcare workers specifically, but all, any any worker who lost their job over not receiving the vaccines. Now that we know what we know. Hire them back too. Yeah. You know, and at first I thought, okay, it makes sense. You work in the healthcare field. Why are you not doing this? You should believe in this. You should stop the spread. We know that that's not necessarily the case now, stopping the spread. So there's a couple of things that that could be done that I think majority of people would be okay with. So don't be so nervous about making any big, bold moves because it's not really that big and bold. We would like it. Majority of people would like these removed. Uh, yeah, keep mask mandates in place. Like that makes again, that makes me nervous when you hear all these states and even provinces going away with the masking. That makes me nervous. Not for me yet. I'm not ready for that yet. But if that's the choice they made, as a citizen, I could do whatever else, whatever I wanted to do. Sure. But, and you know what's going to happen? Like we said on the podcast yesterday, it's going to happen eventually. So absolutely speed up the process. And now we're hearing reports suggesting that Doug Ford is going to likely look at, listen to all these, maybe what he would have, should have, could have, maybe dropping some of these or, or at least speeding up the process. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is so political. The health minister is the one in charge here. She is the one who would recommend things to cabinet like it's time to remove the mask mandate. In fact, Brian Lilly from The Sun was the one who reminded her yesterday. This is you, your decision. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> to go to cabinet and say, my recommendation as Ontario's Minister of Health is that we drop this or add that, drop this, drop that. And of course, they go on the advice of Dr. Moore. Uh, nearest I can tell, I mean, Dr. Moore two weeks ago was talking about it'll soon be time to talk about this. Dr. Tam has said it's time to rethink yeah. all of the public health restrictions. For Christine to come out and be so evasive yesterday is just another failure of leadership you know the entire country is talking about it christine why can you not just say something simple like we've talked about it we're aware of what's going on in other provinces we're aware of what's going on in other jurisdictions we want to talk to just a few more experts in their field and get their formal recommendation and sign off on this before we commit to anything but i assure you it's top of mind for us and we may have to rethink our opening plan That's all you had to say. But to pretend like the question never got asked in the first place and answer a question that never got asked is so evasive. And it just adds to this distrust and this shady attitude that comes out of the government. Are they considering reopening a little faster? I should sure should hope so. Where's the honesty? Where's the transparency? We've been calling for this for a long time. It's not too late to give us some of it. You can't call it a time limited measure and then not tell us how long it's going to be in place. It doesn't make sense. Isn't this the same government that was a fan of giving us those dates for a long time? It was always about the dates. Let's drop these dates and we're going to do this date and that date. It'll be fine. And this date. And now it's like, where where the fuck we at, man? What happened? I think it was. Did you lose your calendar? (laughs) Well, and that's the thing, right? They don't want to talk about an end date now. They are the ones that published the January 17th end date last October. 
So it's not like they're opposed to publishing dates. Do they not have one? Is there seriously no plan at all? Is there no room to vary? Because just tell us at this point. You know what? We said March 15th. March 15th is the day that all the restrictions come off except for the masks and the Vax passports. Are they waiting for like the two year anniversary of the restrictions starting? Like nobody fucking cares. Let's go. Well, this is the thing, right? Just tell us where we're going. People need some clarity here and they need to understand and businesses need to understand. They have to make plans and, and they can't just wait for you guys to be ready at the perfect political moment. And the fact that Christine wouldn't answer the question yesterday really makes me think, yeah, we were right. Everyone was right. It's all about getting reelected. It's all about politics. Sure. They're waiting for nice, nice warm weather when there's lots of hope and optimism we're and smiles good. on people's yeah. faces for Doug himself, who we don't see very often, but he would be the one to come out and say, we're reopening open for business and all that sort of shit. I'm the guy that's doing it. Yeah, yeah, right. If you're trying to save Doug for a big Moses coming down from the mountains moment, just stop. You're messing with people's lives. How many more businesses do you want to see go under? Just give us a number. Do you want, I don't know, maybe 30% of Ontarians to have had to have sought mental health supports in the last year? Mm -hmm. Do you want maybe... uh, uh, 10% more of the businesses that are still open to go under? Do you want more people killing each other on social media and even in person in some cases now over this shit? Or do you want to just end the divide and give a little bit of clarity? Nobody's saying it has to happen at midnight. You know, they did that in Alberta. They came out and announced we're getting rid of it in a few hours. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was wild. That came out of nowhere. Saskatchewan, uh, they gave people a week's notice, two weeks notice on others and to the end of the month on the rest of them. Okay, fine. Can you guys just please provide a timeline? Why do you have to be so evasive and shifty? Because the only reasonable assumption that we can make is that it's all political. Don't tell us you don't know. Don't tell us that. That's a lie. Just be honest with us. You know what? Be ultra honest with us. Just tell us. Yeah, you know what? I mean, we think if we do it now, we're going to waste all the goodwill that we need for the election campaign. So we're going to save it till (laughs) closer. Imagine that kind of honesty. Can you imagine? I would fall off my fucking chair. But at least people would be like, yeah, well, it's believable. I I actually believe him in that case. But that's the thing is we know that. Like we all know that and nobody says it, but we all know it. Something's got to give here, guys, to the truckers. Again, with all due respect, I think you guys need to end this. Doug, Justin, I think you guys need to meet with the truckers or send the most senior person you can to do it and and conditions on the meeting, but you should absolutely meet in person and put an end to this. And you have to exhaust all options before you send the police in. And like I said, the police, I don't think they want to deal with this. They're in no hurry to to take this on because it's going to be a long, shitty thing for them to have to deal with. And they're not going to look good on the news at all. So cooler heads need to prevail here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's move on to a couple other things, Kat. I'm, I'm curious about your take on this. I, I think I know what you're going to say, but I want to see if you can find any redeeming quality here in preacher Brian Sove, <laughs> who's urging women 
to stop posting certain types of pictures on your social media. Brian is a preacher who works at the Refuge Church. He's accused of being a misogynist. Well, that's a serious accusation. How could you say that? Here's why. He sent out a tweet that says, Dear ladies, there's no reason whatsoever for you to post pictures of yourself in low-cut shirts, bikinis, bra and underwear, or anything similar ever. He continued, not to show your weight loss journey, not to show your newborn baby, not to document your birth story. Stop. Does the internet need a little less uh, scantily clad? Or can we please just agree that women can do whatever they want with their body and it's really none of this guy's business? Yeah, this guy's a real piece of shit. I mean, if you ask me, <laughs> I, I mean... Newborn babies, uh, uh, birth stories and journeys, do they really make you that upset or do they make you excited? I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious what you mean by that, especially. Well, th- there might be some and I'm going to venture a guess that it would be uh, older folks who would probably have no problem with somebody posting that newborn picture when they take the baby out and they slap it on mom's chest and you can see a little bit of skin there. I don't think too many people are upset about those photos. That They might have a problem, though, with the outfit that you wore to the club and you put up eight different shots, including a booty pic, on your Instagram. I, is there a distinction there? Or can we, again, all just agree that it's your body, you do whatever you want with it. And if you want to post it, that's your call. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a reminiscent of like a cancel culture-ish thing, isn't it? Stop posting this! You are in control of what you follow, what you like. You, you can easily... Uh, mute accounts that you're not a fan of. Don't put that shit on other people. I, I mean, this guy's got issues. I mean, in my opinion, he's got issues. Uh, he, he is a pastor. He has children of his own. It, it boggles my mind. I'm curious how he treats his... Uh, I assume he's with his wife still. I don't know. I assume he's got a significant other. He's probably got a few of them. It, p- potentially. How do you treat them if this is what you're saying? You know, do you have daughters? I feel really, really horrible for them right now. I really do. Yeah, life changes when you have a daughter, my friend, and I—I I, I don't know if he does or doesn't, but uh, holy cow, dude, what a yeah. what a bizarre take for you to go on there and lecture other people about what to do with their body, what they should wear, and what they should post on their social media, trying to hide behind the cloth on this one. I, I'm sorry, that doesn't cut it. it. It just makes me sad that there's still people like that out here, you know, out here in the world. We've evolved for the most part. We've evolved for the most part. And again, we we should live in a society where if you don't like something, keep scrolling. If you don't want to be a part of something, don't be a part of it. You don't like that club, don't do it. You don't like that church, don't join it. It's quite that. It's quite simple. And if you're not hurting anybody, great. You do you. You can't sit there from your and say stop doing that. You ladies, don't do it. There's a lot of issues going on in that guy's head. In my mind, this is a nice story. Three friends who have attended every Super Bowl are going to Sunday's game, but they say it'll probably be their last trip. Three guys that are all in their 80s have attended every game since the first AFL-NFL World Championship game 55 years ago. Shut the front door. Yep. How did they manage tickets every single time? They, you know, good question. I don't know if it's, uh, if they're, wealthy individuals or if they're just friends who have resolved that this is something that every year we're going to get together and do and no matter what happens in our lives that take us down this road or that road or we move or whatever we will all meet 
annually at the Super Bowl. Wow. These three buddies. That's pretty incredible. They're meeting at the game once again this year. But they say future meetings are in question because of pandemic and health concerns. I mean, these are guys in their late 80s and also uh, likely because of the cost. I don't imagine too many retirees can afford, what was the minimum I saw? 6000 U.S. a ticket for standing room only. It's crazy. This year in particular, but a lot every year it's crazy. But this year in particular, it's very nuts because it's, it's L.A., baby. And there's a lot of people that can afford it. So the prices go up instantly because of that. I, it's also the halftime show. Who's uh, not pumped for this halftime show? This getting, is going to be probably the best uh, one in a long time. Abs- it's like the Up and Smoke tour all over again, but bigger and better, I think. I, uh, I, I think that's very cool. I love hearing stories like that, especially when it's like friends that have been friends for so many years. I mean, it, that's, that's incredible. I'm glad that they get to go experience that again this year. That's cool. The uh, Brotherhood of the Traveling Mans. <laughs> I wonder, I know, uh, I just wonder, I wish that they would tally up how much money they've spent. Cause that's, I'm, I'm just curious, curious minds want to know. I would love it if they just tallied up. I think mean, how much was the first ticket? For example, that first one you mentioned. Oh, they were probably giving them away probably, when you ordered a pizza. Like $5. The max? NFL, AFL world yeah. championship. And now here we are today. I mean, add those prices through the years and the inflation through the years. Those guys have spent lots of money. I feel like the NFL should do something for them. I'm no. going to throw that out there. NFL, if anybody of importance is listening. Do something for these guys. That's that, pretty incredible. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay, two takes that I need from you on the Super Bowl. There's a lot of people, traditionalists, if you will, or maybe they're just fans of rock and roll, that feel the Super Bowl halftime show should be a rock show. They don't like that it's going to be full of hip-hop singers. Yeah. They didn't like it when Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson performed. and They didn't like it when the pop stars like Katy Perry were there. We saw a nipple. Fuck off. <laughs> Do you want to explain why the halftime show is the way the halftime show is and it's not just Rage Against the Machine, Tool, and Metallica every fucking yeah, year? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a prime example, and that example is me. You. Me, myself, and I, who is not a big fan of football. I don't really sit down and watch a game to watch a game. Not interested. The halftime show is what gets me watching. The Beyonce's, the Lady Gaga's, the Justin Timberlake's, the Bruno Mars, all of those shows, I'm in for them. So what happens? We make a night of it. We're watching it. I'm watching the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And I'm not watching for the game. I'm watching for the show. It is to attract the audience that isn't necessarily watching for the, sh- the, the football. There's going to be people that watch for the football regardless, right? That's, you don't need to have any trouble attracting them. You need to add that extra audience. And that's exactly what they do. And they do it strategically. And they do it very well. And they have done it very well with Jay-Z in the mix now. And for those that don't know, Jay-Z is now a, a part of it. He works for the NFL. And basically his main job is to... Uh, procure the entertainment for the halftime show and other shows that happen through the year throughout special events for the NFL. Does he work for the NFL or for Pepsi? Uh, Oh, that's a good question. It could be a combination. I mean, they all work together in a way anyway. Um, Who who it is he signed with? I don't know. It could be Pepsi situation, but also I know the NFL had issues. We all know this. Sure. So bringing Jay-Z in was a smart move on a lot for a a lot of different reasons on a lot of different levels. And they're hoping to even make them greater and better. But this is a good way. And and by the way, this particular halftime show, I'm not even because I'm not talking male and female here because that's what a lot of people assume. Oh, you want the chicks to watch it? Not necessarily. That's not necessarily the case. Although, sure, maybe you'd be more likely to attract that female audience. And what do females do? They control, in a lot of cases, the money in the household. What does that mean? You want them to watch the commercials, too. 
that's the key, right? You want to make sure that demographic really hits hard. And if the whole family can watch the show, great. So uh, that's that's exactly why they do what they do. You were talking on our show this morning about uh, the rehearsals that are going on, and they're blaring rock music out of the speakers outside the stadium to cover up anything that someone outside the stadium might be able to hear from the rehearsals, and the rehearsals get priority, even more so than the practicing of the players. They want that Super Bowl show to go off like clockwork. So right now in that stadium, Eminem's there. Dr. Dre is there. Snoop Dogg is there. Mary J. Blige is there. Kendrick Lamar is there. It's going to be one hell of a show. There's even rumors this morning that they're bringing out a Tupac hologram. Yeah, the Tupac hologram was first out in Coachella 2012. So almost 10 years ago, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre performed with this particular hologram of Tupac. You guys have probably seen the videos. It went viral at the time. And since then, we had there was a Whitney Houston hologram. And there's been holograms for all kinds of people that we've lost but I think that that would make sense for them to do maybe uh, California Love because you can get Dre in there. Uh, who knows what they're going to perform, but it could just be one act. Maybe it's multiple acts, but that's what we're hearing. That's one of the rumors. Mary J. Blige, they haven't spoken about the actual halftime show other than, to, you know, that initial Pepsi halftime special video that they did where they interviewed them about it. But Mary J. Blige said that she had goosebumps all over her body watching the the guys go. And then when it was her turn, she said it was just the most surreal thing. I, I'm, ex- I'm so excited to see it. I, I want to know so badly what they plan to do. Who's going to be on first? But that's what they're trying to cover up by blasting this music out there. And people who live there, by the way, because there's homes that are there's communities that are not too far from SoFi Stadium. They're apparently complaining because what you want to basically get done in rehearsals is really experience in the moment roughly about the same time, which means that they're performing late at night in order to get that lighting right, right? You got to make sure you get everything right, bang on. And it's going to be nighttime. By the time they're on, it's going to be what? I don't know, eight, nine o'clock. I'm not sure roughly, right? So they're performing and rehearsing around that time, especially. And apparently people are complaining because that's when they're blaring the music. Don't live near, don't near, live near SoFi uh, Stadium. You know, like, I don't know what you want. This is one event. Come on. Don't even get me started on that. You moved near SoFi Stadium and then you complain about the noise from you know? a stadium is like moving to Brampton or Mississauga and complaining about the noise from airplanes. The airport was there before you were. <laughs> it's like moving in, there's train tracks behind you and then you complain when the train comes. Like it's a fucking train track. There's yeah. going to be trains on the train track. But people do that shit all, all the, the time. time. All the time, Scott. One of the things that I bring up every year, because I think it's something that should be dealt with, at least discussed and debated, is I think that Halloween should be celebrated on the last Saturday of October. And that could mean that one year we're going to have Halloween on October the 25th. And it might be on the 29th. It could be on the 30th. But we're going to have Halloween on the last Saturday of October. And I think that that's great for so many different reasons. And every year, about half the callers will say, yeah, Scott, that just makes sense. We should totally do that. And then half the people who do not like change whatsoever will flip out <laughs> and, and try and get me canceled. Yeah, it's true. It's fun to watch. In because the I suggested something they disagreed with. <laughs> well, now... One of the betting companies, which has purchased a number of Super Bowl commercials, probably for their investments and crypto assets. Sure. They are. They asked people, uh, what was it, 2,000 football fans took this survey? And half of football fans think that it really should be Super Bowl Saturday. 
not Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> so maybe we don't agree on moving Halloween, but can we agree that Super Bowl Saturday would be a little better than Super Bowl Sunday? I mean, it's it's doable. This is something that's doable. You know, if you said you wanted to change Christmas, that's not doable. Are you fucking nuts? That's Jesus's birthday. <laughs> But when Change it, your own fucking birthday. <laughs> but when it comes to the Super Bowl, is it doable? Absolutely. Here's what I question. Because when you first said that, my gut instinct was, wait a minute, 2,000 football fans and half of them wouldn't want that? What's wrong with you? Of course you should want that, right? It saves you from calling in sick the next day or having to juggle that schedule of yours to make it work and et cetera, et cetera. But... The other half, when I think, if I put myself in the fan, in the position of being a football fan, and like I mentioned, I, I'm not, but I know, I understand, and I respect what that day means for those fans of the NFL. There are people that form a ritual around their NFL Sundays when their games are on, and sometimes even when it's not their team playing. They set their day around that. They have stuff that they do. They order specific food. They, maybe they get together with people. It is, again, like a ritual almost. So if you take away the Sunday aspect, will it feel, and that's just a question, it's just an open question, would that feel different? I mean, you're a football fan. Yeah. I don't know how many games you watch outside of your team, which is the Bills, but I assume you watch games here and there if oh, it's not the Bills playing. So is there something to that that it would take away from that, I mean, that Sunday feeling is that Sunday feeling. That's what you do on Sundays. Sunday football is great. I love Sunday football. It's a tradition from about September till January. When it comes to the Super Bowl, that's a global worldwide event now with a billion people watching. And frankly, it does make sense to do it on a Saturday. Okay. You, you want to know how many people are all of a sudden going to have to self-isolate? Sure. Late this week, yeah. early next week? Yeah. You know it's coming. Is absenteeism a problem? Well, we'll find out Monday. How many people are going to be dragging on Valentine's Day too? Think about that. What if you have Valentine's Day plans and you plan to party hard in the Super Bowl night? You're going to be tired. It doesn't just need to be about the party, even the food prep and stuff like that. I think it makes a lot of sense to have Super Bowl Saturday, but for whatever reason, they want to keep doing it on a Sunday. Uh, The rest of it, 62% say they plan to watch the game at home this year. One in four are going to a Super Bowl party, whereas one in 10 are hosting a Super Bowl party. Only one in five are going to a local bar to watch the game. Super Bowl in bars used to be a much bigger deal because bars would go all out. And I remember when I was growing up, I would see all the signs and advertisements mm-hmm. like, oh, no, you got to come here because we've got two for one chicken wings and a bucket of beer for 10 bucks. All that sort of stuff. Come here. You can win a brand new TV. We've got five of them to give away. It's kind of nothing this year. Again, I'm not seeing much, but I also understand that we are still so heavily restricted in Ontario that bars can only get to 50% capacity anyway. Sure. I'm surprised they're even opening. I used to do, I used to do the party thing, house parties. That's what I used to go to. And again, I I did, I I didn't watch football then. I don't really watch football now, but I go to those parties. I got real drunk at a lot of those parties back in the day. Seriously. (laughs) Once I fell down a hill, it was a good night. (laughs) I don't even know how I ended up outside, but I did. (laughs) <laughs> uh, let's switch gears here. Let's go to, uh, we already talked about the Super Bowl, so I'm just going to wipe that off my screen. This, uh, this pizza chain, they're just outside of Philadelphia. They're called, let me find the name here, Cairo's Pizza. <laughs> uh-huh. Apparently, they're quite good. I mean, they've got good reviews on Google. I looked them up this morning. And this goes back to an argument that we've been making for a long time. 
If you have a multi-million dollar company, you have established a business and you have put your blood, sweat, and tears into it. Maybe you don't want to trust your social media to an unpaid intern or volunteer because mistakes are too easy to happen here. And that's exactly what happened in this case. (laughs) So So this company, this pizza place wanted a little bit of promo before Super Bowl. So they had an ad designed and they ran the ad and it got mailed to people's homes. But when they were doing the ad, they needed a picture of a pizza and a picture of a coffee because they sell specialty coffees. So somebody not paying attention logs in, goes into Google image search, just grabs a random image of a cappuccino. They didn't look at it. It goes on the flyer. Everybody takes a look at the flyer. Oh, the price is right. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. All right. Not paying attention to the details. Flyer gets mailed out to all these homes, and then the phone starts ringing, and then the email starts going off, and then the tags on social media start happening. Because what everybody else noticed that apparently the pizza company didn't notice is that the picture of the coffee you guys put on your flyer has a naked man with his dick out. (laughs) Why did you not pay closer attention? It's like a classic meme photo. For those that aren't familiar with this particular photo, it's one of those ones that you trick your friends with. I don't know if you've ever seen this done before or had this done to you before. I don't know how many of your friends are pranksters. But if I'm not mistaken, this is the same image, roughly, of the guy with this dong just hanging out. And you trick people by, oh, click this link. Guys, schools are closing again. What? What? And then they click it and it's just this guy. I'm pretty sure that's the guy. <laughs> but I got to tell you, when I first looked at this, you, you showed me this. When I first looked at this flyer, I didn't see it. I was like, what are you, what is happening here? And I, I saw that there was like the froth and the coffee look different. Okay. It uh-huh. looked, there, it was like a cloudy, it's a cloudy looking thing. But then when you see it, you see it. Yeah. You and you can't unsee can't it. Can't unsee it. It's like it's like one of those like eye those eye trick things where like once you locked in, you can't you can't not see it. And you try to and you can't. Uh, Did people literally complain though? Like were they just were they mad about it or? Well, I, I'm it's, reading it's the kind of funny. It is kind of funny. I mean, I guess it could have happened to anybody who's not paying attention. But when you put these things out there, you've got to be very very careful. You got to check. Not the least of which you should probably get the rights to the photo before you post it. You shouldn't just grab an image and put it Thank on your flyer. You. This is copyright 101, right? Don't just grab shit and put it on your flyer for your business. Take a photo. Spend a little bit of money taking some nice photos of your coffee cup before you put it out there. Jeez. Uh, they did a set, issue an apology. You can read it at scottandcat.ca. And all they said was, it was a simple mistake. We're a family restaurant. We love our customers. This was unintentional. Please excuse that. How many people go there, though, now? They're like, hello, yes. Uh, I'd like that dick cappuccino, please. <laughs> yeah. I'd like a medium pizza and a, cock- a coffee, please. <laughs> I'm real thirsty. The other thing we're celebrating in the next couple of days, we talked about the NFL and we talked about the Super Bowl, but let's talk about Valentine's Day. In particular, let's talk about how unpopular Valentine's Day is. Poll is done and they wanted to match up Valentine's Day against other holidays to see how it stacks up. Let's find out in the pecking order where Valentine's Day stands. And before you send a note to correct me, I know it's not a holiday, but it's one of these observances that we have every year that just fits into our regular lives. Valentine's Day 
versus Halloween. What do you think people picked? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Halloween. Oh, they by by a mile. Okay. picked Halloween. Yeah. What about Thanksgiving? Oh, thanks. People like Thanksgiving better. A little bit. A oh, little bit. Okay. A little bit. Okay. Ten percent of people say they like Valentine's Day more than Christmas. That means ninety percent like Christmas more than Valentine's Christmas. Day. Christmas. It was slightly higher. 11% like Valentine's Day more than Thanksgiving. Wow. 89% prefer Thanksgiving to Valentine's Day. No matter what, Valentine's Day is getting like a 1 out of 10. If this was a Google review, it'd be just under one star. When I think of all the dates, and I'm sure there's more to this, so so I'm curious to see. But when I think about all the dates, though, and if I had to put them in order, Valentine's Day would be close to the bottom for me, too. I think it would be for most people. So they've come up with the favorites, the ones that we prefer. Christmas, Thanksgiving, Mother's Day was third. Oh. Ahead of the Canada Day or Fourth of July weekend, whichever you celebrate, depending on where you're listening to us. New Year's lost to Canada Day. Is it the weather? Maybe it's the weather. Is it the weather slash we just had we just had our Christmas? It's a lot. Yep. Okay. Could be. Right behind New Year's was Halloween. Just ahead of Father's Day. How is Mother's Day third and Father's Day is like sixth? Father's Day, fathers always get that, don't they? Yep. Then it's May 2-4 slash Memorial Day, Labor Day, and Valentine's Day. <laughs> Labor Day is which, more popular than Valentine's which Day. Which doesn't even have a theme to it. Like Labor Day doesn't even, it's not even like you do things on Labor Day other than just get ready for school and shit. It's a day off and people love days <laughs> off. That's all it is. There's something to less pressure too, isn't there? Like Valentine's Day, there's some pressure involved in there. Are you supposed to give a gift for Labor Day? I don't think so. That's kind of the best part about Labor Day, right? What if they made Valentine's Day an actual holiday? Would that improve its credibility or are people still thinking, nah, I don't want to do that. Forget it. Good question, but I don't I don't like that thought. Really? Yeah. Why not? It's not that I wouldn't enjoy an extra holiday. Don't <laughs> get me wrong, but we can't like, uh, we. I would want to incorporate a different day other than a Valentine's Day day off. What other day? The day We've after, already got Labor Day. The day after the Super Bowl? <laughs> that would be great. The day after the Super Bowl? I mean, I could name several of them that I wouldn't mind getting off. Okay. <laughs> Legit, every year we have that discussion about, oh, should the day after Super Bowl be a holiday? Uh, the federal government doesn't set the holiday calendar around the NFL schedule, no. but if we could find a way to make that work, that would certainly be appreciated by a lot of people, football fans or not. I yeah. think everybody could use another day off, especially in the winter. And yes, I know there's a long weekend next weekend. Family Day's late this year. Why is that? It's usually around, well, the very first time we had a family day, it was around the 20th. So was it's it? actually, yeah, oh, I, I believe it was the 20th or something around there. Yeah. Last but certainly not least, I'm even more sad about Bob Saget now knowing what happened to oh. him. Scott, this is scary. It's so scary. It actually scary. scared me yes. when I read it because I was fully expecting one thing, and I think most people were. I was expecting it to either be a heart attack or a stroke. We even heard that he his hand was over his chest at the time when they found him, and people assumed, okay, that's a go-to usually. Maybe he woke up from a heart event, and then he died. Mm-hmm. That was a go-to. And then if not, okay, maybe a stroke, maybe an aneurysm, something like that. It was different than that. At some point, after he had gotten back to his hotel room, they figure, in this timeline, according to a report, he hit his head. 
did he fall onto something? Um, was he trying to do something? He just bonked it. Did it happen in the shower? Did it happen on the headboard? We don't know. It, it could have been as simple as he went to, I don't know, put something in the counter underneath the sink or he was looking for a fresh roll of toilet paper and just got too close and bonked his head. I mean, it's re- people bonk their heads all the time. Sure. And unless there's blood or you've got a headache or you're dizzy, I think people tend to write it off as, oh, that sucks, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to bend down like that mm-hmm. anymore. And mm-hmm. they just write it off and they yeah. go to bed. But if there's an actual injury that's taken place there, that's not what's advised. Just go to sleep. You should be going to a doctor. Yeah. But he didn't know that it was serious or he didn't take it seriously. This is the question mark because, I mean, he has sent out a message. If I'm not mistaken, it was like after his show. It was very, very late slash early in the morning when he sent out a tweet. It was like his last tweet basically saying, Wow, that was amazing. Thank you guys so much. He had spoken to his wife after the fact on his way to the hotel saying, what a good night I had. From what we can tell, based on her conversation when when she did the Today Show, there was no indication that something was wrong with him, that he was not feeling well, which leads, I think, the investigators to believe it happened between when he actually got to the physical hotel room where he was not talking to her and when he went to sleep. So, I mean, again, you can draw your own conclusion from that, and I'm not sure they'll ever know. I don't know if they're going to test everything in the room. At this point, I'm sure already other people are staying in that particular room. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. It could happen easily. When you think about it, you're not used to that. That's not your house, right? So anything could happen where you bump into something and you don't know. You bump into something hard enough, maybe you just assume, in this case, maybe he assumed, you know, I'll sleep it out. I've got a headache. Maybe I'll check that out tomorrow. But I'm tired, right? I just got back from doing a show. I'm just going to sleep for a bit. And then in the morning, I'm going to check on this. But it was an obvious bruise, uh, according to the autopsy report, apparently at the back of his head that led them to that. And then they found a brain bleed. Ugh. It's insane. Like, it's just, again, yeah. it's scary. Take them seriously, guys. Take these head injuries seriously if you ever sustain them. And don't be, and I think a lot of the times, too, Scott, people get embarrassed by it, right? Sure. I fell in the shower. Like, that's fucking embarrassing, right? Or I slipped on a banana peel. I don't know. Like, that's <laughs> outrageous story. But get help when you think you might need help. It's better to double check these things. Go to the ER right away. Because that, and, and worst case scenario, you feel like a silly goose. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. Go home. Great. Awesome. But I think that the doctors could assess that fairly quickly and say, yep, this is one we're going to send you for an x-ray on or, you know what, ice it up and you're going to be good tomorrow. Yeah. They know those things. So, and hopefully they take it seriously too. Uh, There is one more thing that I forgot about, but only because I'm anticipating your reaction and I can do that in this case because I don't have a dog in this fight. Over the last two years, one thing has become painfully obvious. Parents didn't like distance learning. Yes. They did not like it. No. They, watching the kids learn on a screen, there was nothing but complaints about it. That's why I find this so strange. A new survey has found 45%. That's a large number. 45% of parents are in favor of webcams being installed in their kids' classroom so that they can watch the classroom throughout the day. Why? Why would you want to do that? What are you just going to sit there like in, in, in like a some sort of a, uh, a voyeur and watch what's going on in the classroom? What, what do you think is going on? Is this there? a trust issue? Is this a trust issue with your kid or with the teacher or both or other kids that are in their class? I, I would assume it's probably a trust issue with the teacher. Wow. They want to know what their kids are. I don't think they want to do that so that they can keep an eye on their kid and make sure they're behaving. Maybe there's some like that. I generally think, though, that there's parents who feel they have an entitlement to see what's going on in their kid's classroom to the point where they can uh, have 
a view of the entire class all day. <laughs> There's a name for it. It's called helicopter parenting. <laughs> and that's exactly what this is reminiscent to me of. No, this isn't fucking peekaboo daycare. A lot of people, and I don't understand what it is. They feel they have a right to do certain things. And I'm not sure if that has to do with your kid. You don't trust your kid. Come up with a solution with your teacher uh, on that. If it's the teacher you don't trust, what are you you expecting then? You know, save up for private school. I know that's not affordable for many people, but there's other ways around it. If you don't trust the teacher or the public school system or something like that, homeschool them. I don't know. But seriously, that sounds like a, by the way, if you told me right now that my kids who's in kindergarten, and by the way, I got, I got photos sent to me and everything else. I get access to that if I want to. If you told me right now I could watch her in class, no, I'm good. Let her do let her do her thing. And I trust her teachers. Thankful. I mean, thankfully, maybe I'm just in the odd position where I think that my kids have great teachers and I trust it. Let shit happen though. Kids don't learn unless you let shit happen. I don't understand what the purpose of this is. Is it for you to to check every day and be like, oh, I noticed that uh, you borrowed this from this person. What happened there? Or oh, I do the let them live. Let them live and let them make mistakes. And I feel like this is just one of those. One of those examples of, of parents not allowing their kids to make mistakes or, or go through things, you know, let them go through it. Do they have a shitty, is there your kid in grade six and they've got a shitty teacher? We've all had shitty teachers. Yep. You learn, you get through it and, and sure it sucks in the moment, but I, I, like, I just don't understand wanting to watch your kids every single move. I don't. How would that work? Like, do you have that much extra time on your hands that you can just call up the stream on your TV and sit and watch class all day? Yeah, I don't understand. I would love to dig deeper on this and figure out what exactly it is you want to watch. Part of the problem is there's way too many parents that want a private school experience for the cost That's of public I mean. school. Like there's a, there's there's ways that you can that you can do that or homeschool them if you want to keep them home and you don't trust anybody else to be around your kid. It's ridiculous to me. No, nothing on ages, I assume, in this study. It no. didn't show it was elementary, secondary, nothing like that. Yeah, I, I would assume it's some age level there's more of a privacy concern than in other grades but maybe it is just across the board i've always heard that it's a privacy concern but it's also a privacy concern for the teachers it's too. absolutely a privacy concern and that would be one thing i would bring up to those people who think that that could happen one day you know you sign waivers at the beginning of your kid's school year do you want us to take photos or publish photos of your kids ever on social media or whatever you say yes or no to that you can't control and the entire classroom is usually like a no from what i can tell like no don't put my kid on line it's a no I'm good with not doing that you can't just let anyone watch your kid and that's what it would be what do you expect cameras on your only your specific kid at all times what do you think this is like a fucking production it's school we're lucky we have what we have with these schools ah people are nuts and on that we will say have yourselves a great day Dr. Kieran Moore is doing a news conference today and I am fascinated every time this guy comes out because he is the king of Paint, paint, paint. Ah, shit, I'm in the corner. Okay, well, now I'm just going to wait for it all to dry. That's him, and and his news conferences are usually great. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Dave Blizzard is going to join us for the Friday edition. Have yourselves a great Thursday, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You know, we're so focused on the Super Bowl, I fear that many will forget we're less than a week away from Valentine's Day, or as it's also known, the day every Kardashian's boyfriend has to spend $40,000 on rose petals. If you're single on Valentine's Day, did you know that there are apps that people use to have sex with other people now? It's true, they call them dating apps, and they're... Not only are 
other the ones you heard of, like Tinder and Bumble and all that, there are so many ways to meet people who are right up your alley. These are all real apps. HUD is for casual hookups. Cougar for older women looking for younger men. Woo Plus for plus-sized people. And Inmates if you want to date a prisoner, which is a, a really good idea. I think we're going to get to the point where there's an app called Mike Richardson, and it's just one guy named Mike Richardson. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.